Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. This is The M Zone. And welcome back to The M Zone. Matty Boom Boom Leach over in the captain's chair for our guy Jamie Morris. Matt, the hitman Mizzler. Best guy in the Bizzler on the ones and twos. And he'll be the one taking your phone call at 734-998-1050. One more time, that's 734-998-1050. Give us a call. Want to know... When was the last time you were feeling this good as a sports fan in, in Southeast Michigan? I'm still riding high off our national championship season. My Lions in the NFC title game. Still can't believe I'm, I'm saying that one, but the Lions in the NFC title game. Michigan hockey making that NCAA tournament playoff push here right now as we speak. You got Red Wings making a playoff push. It seems like forever since that one's happened. The Tigers. There's some optimism. Again, I don't think that they're going to win 100 games or anything like that. But as Miss said, five games over 500 is what won the division last year. 87, which is right about if I had to put a, a, a win prediction out there here in February, I think it would probably be right around 86 or 87 games for our Detroit Tigers here this year. I mean, it's I like not, a lot of the young bats. Yeah, I mean, it's not difficult for them to do. I mean, again, it's no. the 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 American League Central is probably the boo boo. Uh, that's boo That's probably the best Bad. way to say it. It's probably the best way to say it. You're not going to get the competition yard with the AL East or even with uh, the NL Central. NL Central is is probably the mo- more cutthroat division. Yeah. Oh yeah, Miz. If if we were in any other division in baseball, would not be having this conversation right now. But because we are in the AL Central, and it does stink. It stinks. We have a great opportunity ahead of ourselves. And then once you get in the playoffs, baseball, hockey are the ones where you see more of the upsets happen than, say, basketball or or football. But you just give yourself a chance. So a lot of optimism around here in in Southeast Michigan. Uh, Miz and I are both feeling pretty good about the the state of our Detroit sports, where it's been a long time since we've had any optimism around a lot of our sports team, but a lot of them going on here now. So I know somebody else who's still riding high from that national championship. I don't know if he can ride as much of the other coattails as we've been riding around here, but Philly E, how are you feeling about our Detroit sports out there on the East Coast? <laughs> you really want to know? Tell us. I don't know. Uh Oh, I have something analogous to that. But first, I got to get to the pizza thing, all right? Uh, when I come out there for the Texas game, I definitely have to try this Detroit-style pizza. I really do. Uh, You've never had Liz, it? I got to say, man, yeah, don't sell the the upside-down pizza short with the sauce over the cheese. It's dynamite. It, it really comes down to the dough. Uh, I'm a pizza connoisseur, I want you to know, all right? And when I did go to that Michigan-Notre Dame game and when I stayed in Chicago – my my one regret is I never had a chance to get Chicago deep dish pizza. How dumb am I? But um, you're not missing that, much, Philly. If you've had lasagna, you've had Chicago deep dish style pizza. Well, it's just got to trust that the here, back end. The chain pizzeria Uno, but yeah, come on, it's not Chicago. I mean, I know they try, but and I haven't had it in years. 
But I have to say, the best pizza I have ever had in my entire life, and uh, I guess this would be more geared to um, to, to to Leach than Miz, because Leach, you lived in New York, dude. My cousins used to live in Jackson Heights, and I kind of yeah. got screwed out of the '86 opener because we got caught in traffic, and by the time we got there, it was the seventh inning when we were screwed. But we went to my cousin's house in Jackson Heights. They lived at like 81st and Roosevelt. Now, about five, six, seven blocks, I don't know, somewhere around 75th and Roosevelt, somewhere-ish, somewhere in that area, okay. I, there was a place called Joey D's, and that is – this is the 80s now. This is the best pizza. I am 57 years old, and that was 40 years ago. And, dude, that is the best pizza I've ever had in my life. The slices were giant, and when you picked it up, the pizza didn't – Bend even no droop, no bend, no grease drip, and none of that. It was just an unbelievable slice of pizza. I've yet to have a slice of pizza like that ever again in my life. All these years later, it's like the, it's kind of like that holy grail, right? I'm chasing the pizza dragon from Joey D's in Queens all the way back in 1986. Billy, I'm telling you, I can remember Anna Maria's. It was the place in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Where I lived, when I first moved out there, I got my job with the New York Mets. One of my friends was lucky enough, man, he was going to Africa for a few weeks. I can't even remember what he was doing over there. But he was leaving, told me I could stay in his room as I was getting myself set up out there and everything. It it just happened to be right around the corner. And I, I sampled many of places while I was living in New York for that five, almost six years. But still to this day, like you said, I, I go right back to where if you ask me what's the greatest slice I've ever had, Anna Maria's, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York City. I can even taste it right now as we're talking about it. Uh, listen, uh, listen, I, I hear what you say. Now, here's the thing about New York. You live there what years? Uh, 2000, I think it was 2011 that I moved out there in 2016 oh, okay. when I came back. All right, well, here's, here's my analogous story to what you're talking about. You already know now, New York used to be, in the 70s, it was an absolute dump, right? It was just that's, terrible. That's what I hear. Lapidated. 80s, the 80s was a time of recovery. It still wasn't nice. So I've been going to Yankee Stadium since the 70s and through the 80s. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, the last time I had went there was 1991. When I returned in 1994 – Right, I go to a day game in mid-May. Uh, they they won a walk-off game, seven-six against Cleveland. It was a day, a weekday day game, dude. It was absolutely electric for a day game in mid-May. Something had happened in that town between the Yankees finally turning the corner. Now this is the '94 Yankees. They kind of got screwed out of a championship because of the strike, but you know '94 and then '95 that set the foundation for the run that they were going to make 96 through 2001. And it really started with that 94 team. But you had that, and you had Mark Messier plus six other freaking Edmonton Oilers was going to do exactly what Gretzky did with four other Oilers with, with, the, with, the, with the Kings a year before. The only difference was Messier was going to finish the deal, you know, uh, and, and that 1940 curse. And that was, again, that run was going on in mid-May. It was a special hockey team. Dude, you could feel it in that stadium, the Rangers, the Yankees. But the change in New York City from what I saw in the 70s 
And I saw in the 80s, when I walked back in that stadium in 1994, it was like I was in a completely different town. I'm telling you. And it's been like that ever since. New York's awesome, dude. It's a tremendous town. I, I highly suggest anybody, you know, if you ever have a chance to visit, go and visit. It's an awesome town. And if you're a young dude and you can work there, no wife, no kids, go and do it, man. Uh, now, oh. it's expensive. But what the hell? You're young, single. Go do what you can do. Philly, but, Philly. Uh, I was, well, I was that way, the man. I was city, dude. Now you should I know was, what I'm talking about because you lived there in 2011. I was, I was 20. I was 24. I was young. I was single when I moved out there, scraping by on that intro intro level job that I had gotten with the Mets. Look back on that as some of the fondest memories of my life. I do say because I was born here in Michigan, ended up coming back afterward. If that's the one place that I get away to throughout my life and it it made me grow that city makes you grow in ways that you can only imagine going out oh. there but but what i would say philly is yeah i i would hear from from relatives from people where even uh, you go back to like the 90s you don't even have to go back to the 70s but you go back to the 90s and how it was so much rougher of a place but yeah even i talked to my uncle mike who would go out there i think he visited i think in the the 70s he talked about that when you got off in, in Times Square, when you got off the subway, there were uh, ladies of the night and, and drug dealers and things like that as, as far as the eye could see. And I go, I'm like, wait a second, you're talking about the same place that's like tourist central where you see nothing but but family these days. Big changeover in that city over the decades. Oh, and yeah. like you said, man, it is it is one of the best places, if not the greatest city in the world. You got to, if you haven't been out there, strongly recommend it to anybody out there listening. But it wasn't always like that. And, nope. and just to finish off, uh, the upset that, and you know what? And Hadley is tell, t- tells me this all this time. He's like, you can't hear those guys. I said, no, I really, I, I get, I guess I can't. I, when you guys speak, I really can't hear you unless you freaking scream. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. But you actually had a question after I hung up. And uh, here is a upset that is un- it is gargantuan, and it never gets mentioned. You ready? It is with Virginia, it. Virginia, I'm, I'm number on, one I'm in ready. the country with Ralph, loses the freaking Chaminade. Are you kidding me? That was one of the ones on that one list that I that I brought it up, Philly. It was like one of the top twenty. I think it was the top twenty-five best upsets in uh, in in U.S. sports, and that was one of the ones I believe was a. Uh, one of the top ten, but yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't around for that, or at least I wasn't cognizant to realize that. Obviously, gents, that should be number two. Listen, Ralph. Now here's Ralph. By the year four, he was injured and he was he was screwed, blued, and tattooed for the rest of his career. But before he got hurt, Ralph Sampson is in the top five greatest college basketball players of all time. He really is. He was that good. He was unbelievable. Now, people don't realize, before they lost to Chaminade, he just beat Ewing. He schooled Ewing. And then he went to Japan and beat freaking Akeem and five slam a jamma. Yeah, with Drexler. I mean, come on. Like, you just beat Ewing. You just beat Clyde the Glide and, 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 and Akeem the Dream. Then you turn around and lose to friggin' Chaminade. Now, this wasn't a team that spit the bit the rest of the year. This is the team that probably would have won the whole thing except for one problem. They ran into NC State in the, in the ACC tournament, and they ran into, Ace, and they ran into NC State again in, in the big dance. And we all know how, how that went down. 
and I mean, let's face it, the, the one of the greatest miracle runs in the history of college sports was yep. the '83 uh, NC State Wolfpack. But I'm telling you right now, man, that that is for me. That is by far number two, and it's like you didn't know who Sean Monod was because let's face it, dude, there was uh, there was no internet. And be quite quite frankly. Most people didn't have cable in 1982. I know I didn't. Most of my friends didn't. Some did, some didn't. But, man, it, it was a whole different world when that happened. So, uh, but there was such a disparity because of the recruiting today and the camps, strength and conditioning has – I'm not saying it's even the playing – and the fact that guys leave early now. I'm not saying it's even the playing field, but it's closed the gap between – uh, you know, the the upper echelon teams and the teams that are coming up from the lower divisions. But in those days, there was a discernible difference between the top tier of the ACC and the Big Ten and the Big East and somebody from NAIA. I mean, it, you're talking night and day. I mean, it really was, but uh, no, you're right, and that's a this, big reason. I mean, Shamanad, why they're why people know their name today. Nobody really knew them before that. Like you said, there was no no internet, cable was was barely a, a thing at that point. But since that win, people they know the name Shamanad. They might not remember exactly what they remember it from, but yeah, you are you are absolutely right. Beating Ralph Sampson, which doesn't go down because he didn't have the career afterward that some of those guys that you mentioned but going into college i mean you could argue he was as big a prospect as ever coming out of high school going before he went to virginia no whoa coming out of college coming out of college no he was that good in college he only went to one final four that was it but he was he was awesome he was awesome he really was the only one the only careers i've seen better than him obviously lou alcinder and and um and uh, oh Christ, uh, the other, the other, the white guy that followed him, uh, Bill Walton, the analyst, huh? Bill yeah, Walton, uh, yeah, Billy Walton, Bill Walton. So obviously they're the top two. And then after that, that I've seen the best career is is Leitner. I don't care what anybody says. I hated him, but say what you want. But Leitner would be three, and number four for me would be Ralph. Ralph was dominant, man. He was just unbelievable. He really was, but. Uh, if, if if people don't know what he really looked like, I'll tell you who looks like him. This this Victor from France, he looks a hell of a lot like him. You know, real tall, lanky, and skilled, you know. He really does remind you of Ralph. He does in a lot of ways. I'm not saying he's a carbon copy, but he does remind you of him in a lot of ways. Ra- Ralph had a few more pounds on him, but you're right. Both yeah, long and slender thin, and extremely was, skilled. Yeah. It, Ralph wasn't that thin, but he was thin. You know what I mean? Uh, and hey, you guys got a show Sunday? We'll be on. All right, boys. You have a good weekend and go blue. Appreciate the phone call as always, Philly. Our guy from the East Coast checking in. What you got for us, Miz? So we'll give a quick update on what's happening with our Diamond Sports right now. Bottom fourth uh, in Santa Barbara. Sacramento State still leads 3 nothing on Michigan softball. It's the second half of a doubleheader. Uh, down in Texas, it is Oklahoma State 4, Michigan 1, uh, a pitching error that uh, got passed to get the third run, and then a sacrifice fly got the fourth run for Oklahoma State. Bottom six right now, runner on second, uh, now with two outs. Uh, but the big thing that kind of popped up uh, and it's been kind of talked about for quite a bit had been the uh, court proceedings with Tennessee and Virginia. I believe it was Virginia. Yep. Um 
and it looks like the uh, the two schools are victorious over N- the NCAA as uh, just a short statement. Turning upside down rules overwhelmingly supported by member schools uh, will aggravate an already chaotic collegiate environment, further diminishing protections for student-athletes from exploitation. The NCAA fully supports student-athletes making money from their name, image, and likeness and is making changes to deliver more benefits to student-athletes. But an endless patchwork of state laws and court opinions make clear partnering with Congress is necessary to provide stability for the future of all college athletes. That's a statement released uh, by the NCAA among the preliminary injunction hearing between uh, them and Tennessee and Virginia, the combination uh, lawsuit that was instilled. Because now that doesn't just apply in those states, Ms. That applies in every state across the country. So we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that here maybe a little bit on Sunday, certainly on Monday show. But we got we got to get out of here. Ms. appreciate you, man. You are the best in the biz. We love you so much, man, everything you do. J-Mo, appreciate you handing over the keys to the car. And, hey, we appreciate all of you to, for tuning in to the M-Zone on Sports Talk 1050 WTKA. Sing it. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.